Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Canton the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my dear friends, Philip and Bianca, and in the background, one Sarah Moon. Unfortunately, Hi, Sarah. Say it again, Sarah. Perfect. Still counts. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He is going through every light bulb on his string of Christmas tree lights, trying to find which one has the blown bulb. Anyway, oh my God, the 90s. on with the show. How are we, team? Fine, thank you. Very fine. I just needed to do one thing, which was Kent. Ah. That's it. Okay. Uh, Savior of the universe. Yeah. I just wanted to say Nundru. Nundru? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> when we were counting down this episode, you go three Drew, two Drew, one Drew, and I was like, oh. Nundru? <laughs> Nundru. <laughs> I see, I see, yes. I don't do Drew Drew puns often, okay? No, I like that. (laughs) Well. Drew things. Drew things. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Team, well, Drew, how are you, first of all? Jolly good. Excellent. Uh, What are we doing this? What are we talking about this episode? What's on the agenda? In the news, which is not all entertainment for a change. No. um, We have serious news this week, guys. Yeah, serious news. Well, we love serious news, don't we? And uh, then we have... Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Parteth, Oneth. Yeah, that's a little Parteth bit later. Parteth, um, Should we get into the not-so-entertainment news? news? Yes. Now, let's kick off with the decidedly non-entertainment part of it. Bianca, please take it away. In Australian politics, we're going to play the game of let's all not say the name. Oh, Jesus. Because we're going to talk about Australian Philip, politics. whose name are we not saying? We can say his actual name. We just can't say his nickname, right? Yes. Yeah. So Scott Morrison. Yes. But we can't say the nickname with the nickname. Yes. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Whenever we try and catch each other out, it never works. But it just sometimes just rolls off the tongue. Um. Okay. I did two episodes in a bloody row. So yeah. <laughs> you will never do that best again. Best punishments ever. <laughs> um. Well, I know what the punishment from here on out is. It's I don't want us to have to watch Twilight. So. Sarah wants me. Yeah, you know what she? Watch it. We are going to watch it. Okay, we had a whole discussion about this this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, it should be the next series that we do. I do be- love it. I just don't want to watch Twilight. Just before we go into this news, I did look up the Renesmee puppet today because I was like, "How bad was that puppet?" No, hang on. What what name? <laughs> Renesmee. What the hell is a Renesmee? The daughter of Bella oh, and yeah. Edward. It yeah. was a puppet. And it was a really dodgy... It was a good puppet. No, hang on. Are you... Wait, no. Hold on. You think it was a good puppet? No. I thought it was like CGI. Please look up... Like in your mouth. Please your look up the Renesmee puppet and tell me that that's a good puppet again. I feel like this is one of the movies you've erased from your head. Yeah. <laughs> I've only actually seen the first like three of them. Hold on. Wait. I've but got I've it on my seen, phone. I've Why am I asking you to do it? I was... Because I, I sent it to Carmen today. Spell Renesmee. Hold on, no, 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 it's okay. It's it. I will just pass it on. Albums. Ren is. Here we go. May. The Renesmee puppet. Wait. What the fuck is this? It's awful. I don't understand the context. She was a baby. Oh my god, that's not what I remembered. <laughs> what okay, the fuck so is that? that's the Renesmee puppet. So we have to watch this movie now. We we need to do the review for these films. Why didn't they just please? Wait, who's that lady? That that's Rosalie Hale. Who's that? She's Edward's 
adopted sister-ish. So you don't feel like you're missing out? Uh, I feel like I'm... That, that's true. I do feel like I'm missing out on it, but I feel like I'm missing out on garbage. You are, but it's interesting, hilarious garbage. It's it's wholesome garbage. Is it? No, not even remotely. Uh, close. But again, all I have to say is one of those things, and then we watch that as the next series. Anyway, okay, on with the show. Yes. In the news, not entertainment. Alan Tudge, Greg Hunt, and Christian Porter have all stepped down from. I'm sorry. Did you just call Alan Tudge a great cunt? Is that what you said? <laughs> Alan Tudge and Greg Hunt. Oh, close enough. <laughs> Greg so Hunt, the massive Helen Hunt. Go on. Um, Mike Hunt. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I just really I thought you... Like I, 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 as soon as I looked at Hunt. what you'd written, I was like, oh, no, it's Greg Hunt. But I heard you say... The Great Cunt. The Great Cunt, Alan um, Tudge. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... It works. <laughs> He's blocked me on Twitter. This is another one that I've been blocked Enough on said. Twitter by. Um, okay, so Christian Porter have all stepped down or decided to retire this week from politics for three vastly different reasons. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> let's start with Greg Hunt, uh, who famously did not order enough vaccines for Australia, has said that he will not be up for re-election after 20 years in politics to focus on his family as his daughter is actually quite ill from... Did she miss out on a vaccine? Well, sadly, I probably not. But no, she's also got some liver disease uh, thing. I oh. did see, um, to follow that up, um, the chaser had a headline saying, um, Greg Hunt to retire to focus on reading through missed emails from pharmaceutical companies because of course he famously as you say didn't order enough vaccines by not opening his email from is, is he the Pfizer one, is he the one who started the it's not a race or was that Scott Morrison uh I'm not sure but one of them said one of them said was, it and the other one agreed the, yeah he was the one I think the other one said it wasn't a race and then Greg Hunt went on one of those morning shows in Australia saying it is a race of sorts. And then they were just like, well, hang on. This is just completely like um, counter, like it just completely counterintuitive. Yeah. We're just hearing the opposite information. There's so much like confusion going on. He's like, no, no, we, we've, we've known what we were doing from the start. And it's like, no, you haven't. It was so weird though. Cause Greg Hunt had an emotional outburst in parliament today as he stepped down and, you know, announced his retirement, 20 years retirement, blah, blah, blah. And then watching Peter Dutton hug him. No, like that really felt like that scene from Harry Potter where Voldemort tries to go hug Draco. Oh, that's the <laughs> best hug in all of movies. That really awkward. Uh, it, a bit, a bit, well however, done, Peter Dunn would be like hugging a potato, but yeah. Ugh, anyway, um, so Alan Tudge is also stepping down from politics after taking a place on... Sorry, not Alan Tudge. I wrote the wrong name. Christian Porter is also stepping down from politics after taking a place on the backbench after it came to light that he may have raped a woman when he was 18. May have, probably did, whatever. Um, yeah, so he stepped out. He, he stepped onto the back bench because mm-hmm. he was the... What was he? Um, he Foreign, was the... No. no, he was the um, uh, the, the um, general. The con- oh, the, um, attorney general. That. He was AG. Then he got put on the back bench. No, and then he got given a... No, he didn't get put on the back bench. Um... God, I was about to say it. Scott Morrison <laughs> then gave him a um, cabinet and stuff. He put him into the cabinet, cabinet and yeah. um, gave him, uh, I can't remember, something that doesn't matter. Minister of... Stuff. It do- it's I not feel that like it, it was doesn't minerals matter. It's or something. That, yeah. It's something, it was something, something to do with like... 
soil. Yeah, something <laughs> along the lines of sell the land to the um, miners and that's it. So um, he got put in charge of that one. Um, and then he then when it came out that he had taken an anonymous donation and didn't want to reveal where that donation had come from. Um, to for pay his for legal his fees. legal fees to defend him from raping a woman. Yes. Yep, no, yep. to defend him from the claims made that he had done that by the ABC. He chose to... Which they still lost. Waste... Well, he claims he won, but settling... A, um, uh, not settling. Having the case not proceed doesn't mean you've won. It means that there was no case to answer and you've chosen to no longer pursue those claims. But anyway, he did that and he put on the back bench, uh, got put on the back bench and now he's going to leave politics. So sad. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Um, lastly, yeah. Alan Tudge, who is the last member of the trio to step down, has been accused of abuse this week by his former staffer, staffer bleh, Rachel Miller. Rochelle? Rochelle Miller, sorry. Who announced that they'd had an affair in the ABC Four Corners documentary about sexism and misogyny in mm-hmm. Parliament, which I just kind of think is appropriate. It, it said that, that he had been verbally abusive several times and physically abusive once. That was the claims. That was the alleged claims. I fully believe it. Not just because I know everyone talks about the court of public opinion, but I do believe it because one, he small, made his. Small, what do they call it? They, they call it the swinging dicks club or whatever it is. But yeah, really it's the big small, swinging dicks club. But it's the, the small dick club because they're all pasty white men and they're gross. And they have such arrogance that they no doubt have micro penises, all of them. Well, he's <laughs> the one who made a massive deal about gay marriage and how it's going to ruin the sanctity of marriage while he was sleeping with his staffer. No, but, but think about um, it. But think about it. He has, he probably wanted to make more money off of people who were opposed to it. Probably. So of course he's going to say that. He was, yeah, he's just, he's a fuckwit. Yeah. Fuckwit. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I called him a fuckwit on Twitter and then he banned me, which I'd appreciate. But think about it. I mean, again, so look at it from his point of view. In his mind, he's the most perfect human being ever. To have someone completely disagree with you, you'd be pretty offended and want to block them. Did you guys read about the fact that they're trying to pass this bill in Parliament that will stop people from... It's supposed to stop bullying on Twitter, but it's actually just gives any politician who gets called out on Twitter a reason to take a defamation case? Yes. Make a defamation case? Yes. Oh, that's outrageous. I think it is too. Especially when there's when there's when when they voted against an anti-corruption... Um, Body, thing, body in federal pol- uh, parliament. It's still it it, it hasn't they completely don't gone through yet, though. But but what I find ridiculous is that they don't want to have that, but then they don't want to have, you know, be held to account in the court, court of, public of public opinion. Yeah. opinion. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah. They don't want to be held accountable in any opinion. No, court. correct, correct. A bit Whether like a bit like Scott Morrison not wanting to be held accountable for anything, and it's everyone else's fault all the time. Um, <clears throat> How he sad want to get is it out. that Scott Morrison's going to be our first? Prime Minister to complete his four years since Howard. Will he though? Will he though? Because Dutton, um, they're making a a run for him to take over, and just like every other uh, election, it may happen just before the election. Oh God! They shouldn't. Hilarious. Voldemort is our Prime Minister. Hilarious. If they do, I don't think Dutton will win. Dutton's very disliked even by the conservative community because right now. A lot of the conservative migrants who vote for Scott Morrison, mm. I almost said it just then, I had to stop too. A lot of the. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, a lot of the conservative ministers who have voted, a lot of the ministers, sorry, a, a migrant community who have voted for him mm. have voted for him because 
they're idiots, but you know, he they still go with his conservative their yeah. conservative agenda. Peter Dutton has actually said migration should never have happened and that these communities yeah. are like scourge of the earth. Yeah, it's because um, Peter A lot Dutton, of people hate him in the migrant communities. I think the problem for Peter mm. Dutton is that he's not an intelligent human being. No, he's a, he's a fuckwit. He's an idiot. Oh, he's yeah. a literal potato. Yes. <laughs> he Literally. looks one, like one. He is like one. Like mm. He's an idiot. Yep. No, yeah. I think he's a conniving bastard, but yep. I actually don't... I think I give him... I call him stupid a lot more, but I think he's he's like a snake. He just sits no, there and he knows when to strike. Uh, no, I think again Voldemort. Well, I mean, the last time there was a spill in politics, he this was literally his whole plan, and then Scott Morrison actually won it, seeing they're going, Ugh, and they went, "Oh, I'd vote for him instead." And Dutton was like, "No, wait, this was my spill," and it didn't go for him. So there's that. But I I, I think that I think that Peter Dutton though. It's a little but bit it, like if you encourage a child to do something, even if you know it's the wrong thing to do. That's what Peter Dunn is. They're encouraging him and he's running with the momentum. It's probably not healthy. But if there is a spill, who else could take it other than Dunn? Because if, if, yeah. if, if Tudge, Hunt and Porter, uh, Porter have left and they're yeah. not in the running anymore, Christensen? George Christensen? No. The guy no. who did the lesbian bikey ad in the newspaper? <laughs> Which lesbian bike you had? In the in the year that he was talking about the same sex marriage debate, and he was like, you know, these people shouldn't be getting married because mm. it ruins the sanctity of marriage. Whatever. Mm. He was one of them. Um, he jumped on the front of Daily Telegraph, I want to say, or Herald. I can't remember which one. Sunday Herald, and yeah. he was in a navy blue wife beater with a whip. And he just looked like a very butch lesbian, like a bull dyke lesbian. Right. Um, I thought he was a woman when I first saw it because mm. he, he looked like Trunchbull. Um, but he was trying to do this thing of this is what masculine is. And I was just looking at him like, you look like a butch woman. <laughs> this is not what masculine looks like. Um, it, it's got to be it's got to be one of the two. It's only those two. It's either our current prime minister or it's. Dutton, I think. I can't think of anyone else. There's no one else in that party who are... A headline act. Yeah. The, if it was four or five years ago, I would have said... What was that woman's name who was the vice... Vice, vice, vice... Oh, uh, the other one that was in the running. Julie Bishop? Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. I would have said her, but... Mm-hmm. I don't anyway, think... There's, I not don't even, think there's no interesting women in the Liberal Party anymore. No, there's just assholes. Um... Look, Julie Bishop, I kind of feel bad for her because I think she did a lot for women in politics. I don't think women I don't think she did I a lot for women in politics. I think she did a lot for women in the Liberal Party. And I think there's a very big poli- difference. But that's still... But she that's... used to badmouth and do a lot of bullshit stuff to the women yeah, in other yeah, parties. Yeah, 100%, 100% she did. But she definitely did a lot for women in politics in general because she got herself within a very conservative party um, that probably thinks that women have one place and that's in the kitchen i mean they do think that yes yeah. even uh turnbull mm. was it turnbull no um it was a- abbott, abbott, that abbott said who... that, yeah the women when they do the ironing yeah um yeah in that press conference <laughs> or not that press conference in that we- photo op um, women don't really care about the interest rates or something like that when they're sitting at home doing their ironing they just care about the taxes they just care about how it affects mm. the dollar bill the bottom line yeah, and look, and so I think that she did the, to get herself into a position of quite high up um, was 
was impressive. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't see anyone else that's a real, real headline act in that that um, basket case of a party at the moment. Um, all I know is that they will win the next election, whoever they have. Guaranteed. Yep. I can't. If if Dutton wins, they'll win. Whoever I, whoever the Daily Telegraph are backing will win. Which is the Liberal Party that case closed. Me. Yeah, it's but, true though. But it's true that why there is no other reason why Scott Morrison is our Prime Minister. In saying that, mm. you know how I watch a lot of cop serial dramas. Yes, yes, you do. I was I was recently watching for the first time ever Blue Bloods, and I've how is it? told you guys about this. I think I've mentioned it in the last couple of weeks. It's one of the most conservative shows I've ever watched in my life. Right, like it's very because it's it's very well liked in America by police officers. Mm. Because it sticks to the Blue Lives Matter kind of shit. And in the earlier seasons, like, the very crazy outlandish characters were yeah. all, like... Left-wing, normal Left-wing, yeah. Who were always painted as almost terrorists sometimes, depending who they were. And in the later seasons, especially with, like, the Black Lives Matter stuff coming out, mm. they've tried to play, you know, well, cops got to be good too but you know you stick by the law and if as long as you're following the law it's mm. fine but it's still very right wing like extremely right wing yeah and i also watch svu which is extremely left wing complete opposite yeah. way and i re- ended up i finally caught up i watched all 12 seasons while i've been working just you know whatever <laughs> um and i'm up to date and then i was like how many people actually watch this show like that it's still going for 12 years mm. it gets 15 million views every week what it has one of the highest... I looked this up. It's a conservative show, very conservative show. It has one of the highest ratings in the US ever. It has the least amount of marketing and it it blasts every other show that I watch normally out the window. That's insane. I've never seen anything like it in this modern day, especially for the fact that it's not a show that's on any streaming mm. platforms. No. <clears throat> And I just find it interesting. Goodness me. So there is wow. the, the fact that there is, I remember a couple of years about go, um, I said it again, Scott Morrison <laughs> was talking about how there's a silent majority who don't, you know, sit yep. there. I, I think he's right. I think he is too. I a hundred percent. I think he's right, but I don't think that the silent majority that he thinks exists for him actually does i think oh, i don't think they exist for him I, I think they exist for the conservative I th- mind I, I think for that yes and i think certainly for the liberal party yes but for scott no 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 one like no one actually likes scott morrison i just think His that scott morrison is like currently him. on the figurehead yeah and again it's that thing that i was saying like who would take over now yeah. the pool yeah. has dwindled even further but after exactly. turnbull there wasn't actually many people there I think Porter could have back then. Well, Porter was touted as a future leader, but then he decided to go and fuck that up long ago. So to Do speak. you think they knew about it back then? That's why they didn't put him in the running for no. it? No. He was just a future leader. He wasn't a leader. Yeah, fair. Had it, was it already taking place at the time or did it happen no. after no, the fact? No, it definitely happened after. Maybe, no, maybe the act happened years ago, as we know, okay. but, but no one knew of it until recently. Sure. But, that, but I, I think it's all just circumstantial that he wasn't in a position of power. Well, yeah. You know. If he was prime yeah. minister when it happened. He wouldn't have stood down. 
He wouldn't have stood down because he didn't. He doesn't have a backbone, so he wouldn't have stood down. I don't think he would have, but I think there would have been a spill. I don't. I do. I don't. Because... But, no, but you know why there wouldn't have been? Because they don't have that much of a majority that if there was a spill and people decided to either resign as a result of this or... That's why they're resigning into the next election, not immediately. They would have been told, do not leave now, leave it the next thing. Because if they'd resigned or if people had left or become independents, the Liberal Party would not have a majority and we would have to go to an election. So they can't have that. So they have to be like, no, 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 no. We're standing strong because we can't go we, to anything. We have an election this weekend. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, it's a pointless one about a bunch of things I don't give a shit about, like local council or council that's not even local. Um, yeah, that is this weekend. Uh, should we go to yes. the next topic? Yeah. Sorry. On with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new COVID variant, guys. We all know this. Yep. Uh, it's a transformer. It's a transformer. More than meets the eye. Omicron. I don't know. It just sounds like a transformer. It does sound like a transformer. <laughs> I hear that. Omicron. Yeah. <laughs> um, the but Decepticons it is and Omicron. the Omicron. There we are. Omicron. Um, if you want to pronounce it with the Greek accent. Or if you want to be a pleb like me. Omicron. Yeah. Omicron. <laughs> Get out Omicron. Now yeah, I remember that Transformer. As a as a as a Greek, yep. I'm not a Greek speaker, but I know the alphabet. Yes. I was wondering why they skipped so many letters in the alphabet. Yeah, why did they? So it's Alpha, Vita, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Eta, Yota, I can't remember, Sita. Ah, oh, fuck it. It um, is baffling. But I couldn't find out why they skipped like a bunch of letters, but I found out why they skipped the two letters right before Omicron. So the two letters right before Omicron are nu and zixi, but nu is nu, and everyone was got and the who, as in World, World Health. Health Organization. Who, who are you? <laughs> they they decided that calling it new would get people confused because they'd be like, it's a new variant, new variant. But mm. um, it's not very funny. People are dying. Um, <laughs> Good call. Yes. But, and then uh, Xi is spelled X-I, which is also a name in Chinese, G, and also mm. the president of China's name is G. And they thought that that would be a bit racist to call it the uh, COVID G variant. Um, yeah, people would think that in somehow somehow would be offensive to um, make China look bad. Uh, or look like they're responsible for a, a variant of COVID. Yeah. Despite the fact that they are very much responsible for a variant of COVID. The first one, in fact. In fact, COVID, COVID-19 in itself, which first started in Wuhan. Um, no one knows the original cause yet, uh, cause yet, but many still suspect it is the wet markets of China, but um, of Wuhan, which is, again, it's not down to one person's fault other than poverty. So, um, which the poverty is caused by the massive government. They're all yeah. a bit batty. Boodums. Again, people have died. I know. <laughs> people are dying. I know. They're all flapping their wings about it. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. What was I. What was Go I? hang upside down in shame. No. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. Have you seen those giant bats in Taiwan just quickly? Yeah. This is, there are bats the size of humans. This is a real thing. I'll send you photos. Please do. Um, but I think about them a lot when I think about the COVID thing. Because I'm just like, 
if anything, they were going to come from those bats, someone was going to try and have sex with that bat, which I also makes me think of South Park. Well, we often think about, you know, AIDS seems to have, or chlamydia or something, seems to have come from anim- animals and it suddenly became transmissible through humans. So where did that leap come from? There were a lot of weird people out there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we have, we have Omicron. Omicron is now Omicron. a thing. Um, the hope in the very, very early stages of this thing, the hope, not, it's not knowledge, the hope is that this variant is potentially as contagious, maybe more contagious, but milder. We don't know that as a fact. That is not a fact, and anyone that says it is a fact is wrong. It's purely a hope and a potential thing, and it's something that who have been waiting for for some time is a variant like this. And and it's often believed that the common cold was basically the same but was it the um not spanish flu something russian flu i don't know there's a different flu you know years and years and years and years and years and years ago and it's believed the common cold is essentially a non-deadly more or less variant of that um it's the what they're hoping omicron is is the common cold variant of what the common cold but they from. haven't proven whether it is more or less no, deadly. They yet. don't they do not they know at the know. moment, but they're hoping, um, based on the fact that there hasn't been a spike in deaths in southern Africa, um, but there have been a rise of cases, they're hoping that the, that's the that's the hope that that's what it but is. But what's the vaccination rate in South Africa? I don't know, but we know that Because could that be helping it along too? Which is good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. For sure. But but it's definitely, it's come out of Africa because there is a significantly lower rate of vaccination. That's why these things happen. It's why Delta came out of India, um, went to Brazil. Um, All these places like this is because there's a low vaccination rate. Um, Brazil, I think, is more or less getting, is getting their act together, I think. Um, India, we don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. Um, it's all hearsay. But we went to yeah. high school with a person who shares and fully believes that Indian coronavirus is a hoax. What? Yeah, but Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, the one who asked me out. Yeah, but but <laughs> but he is also a fucking idiot. Yeah, he um, is. Just side note. <laughs> he he is absolutely off the deep end foolish um and it, yeah an idiot um in fact we went to school with a lot of idiots we went to school with people that just so the people out there are trying to work out how much of a stupid idiot this guy is other people that we went to school with defend um what's his name um evans uh pete evans if you don't oh, know who, yeah. if you don't know who pete evans is <laughs> um pete evans is a batshit psychopath um who um, is an anti-vaxxer for sure. He advocated for... Uh, a so light? He advocated for a light box. This light box would be sat on your chest, I believe. Um, it co- cost $15,000. It had No, no. It's the one that you just stick up on your wall and it looks like a crystal, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. So there's nothing special about the globe <laughs> inside this. It is just a light box. Um, it cost $15,000 and it was meant to cure you from covid um, no testing was done on, uh, to prove that. Nothing was done to prove that, but he advocated for this. And again, Sarah and I were talking about this just yesterday about, um, or the day before, about how um, it's always interesting that whenever someone's totally against something and has enough of a arrogant, ignorant, 
head up your ass kind of viewpoint on something and can absolutely go full steam ahead in one direction and get a following they usually are trying to sell something else but what i love about it is that he actually went full-blown like the original dude from anti-vaxxer who he i mean his own vaccine yeah sorry he did the opposite of this guy um pete evans tried to sell a light to cure covid Mm. and then came out and said covid doesn't exist um it's Mm. just you know Mm. a fake news Whereas, Why are you trying to sell a fifteen thousand dollar thing? Then you fucking idiot. But anyway, continue. yeah. Whereas the guy who was the original anti-vaxxer said anti-vaxxer um, vaccines kill and made up that lie. Mm. And his original plan was to come out and be like, "Here's my own vaccine. Here's my own vaccine. It works." Yeah. But then he realized it was, it was, he made more money out of saying vaccines don't work at all. Yeah, yeah, and he also lost his license to practice medicine. Um, well, that too. Yeah, that will definitely do that. But yeah, so we went to school with people that would advocate for people like Pete Evans. We went to school with people um, that, that, that are adamant that um, to protest. But this guy is particularly. Yes. So there you go. There you go. Um, Bad. That's the sort of people we went to school with. But um, yeah, look, I, I, I How don't How did we know. turn out normal? Hmm? I think about it. How did we turn out normal when we think about some of the people that we went to school with and some of the things that we learned at school? Because oh, I didn't have time for that shit. <laughs> didn't pay attention enough um clearly um <laughs> this is why you and i used to sit out the back and i used to massage your hand and you used to play yes. music well, that exactly. was our well, entire it was it would be you no know, to be during geography and instead of paying attention to the teacher we'd be playing all that golf game you remember i draw like the golf <gasps> thing and flick yeah it. and then she'd be talking about i don't know i remember her talking about the jetsons once i think that was during the end of year thing that's the first time i listened to her um i like geography otherwise but um <laughs> yeah uh, look but omicron who knows who knows what is gonna what, what's gonna happen with it um but the last line there bianca says is this racist it's oh the, yeah because they wanted to call it the south african variant and they were deemed that that was offensive yeah We'll get your vaccine rates in order and then we'll deem it not offensive. That's fair. Uh, look, I don't think it's offensive to call where something came from. It's a bit like... I, I, find, I, find, it, that- I find it offensive to call coronavirus 19, COVID-19, to call that the China flu is offensive because that is... that You're clearly being disingenuous. You're not just saying it because it came from China. If you're saying the, the China flu that came from... virus. Who said that? Who said that? Hmm? The Don. Huh? Who? You know. God damn it. Uh, oh, but does that count? Because he just said that. No, no, I won't count. But no, no. he said the I two words. That does not the- count. <sighs> that does not I will, count. I, I will allow that. Um, God. So close. Yeah, I know. It was. It was Mr. Like- Sophomore Slump. Who's that? Rhymes with. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get that. I was drinking tea, but yeah, I get that. Yeah, look, um, I, I, I think I think that to say something like that, you just you, you're not truly meaning that you're not taking it seriously, and you're clearly just trying to have a dig. So we can say the dawn. Yeah, sure. I don't. I know the jury's talk about out. These rules. The, the jury's out. We'll have to review that one after the show. I'm um, perfectly comfortable making fun of him by calling him that. But anyway, I anyway. think that I think that that to say where something originated. So so the Indian strain. I don't have a problem with that. I think if there was a Chinese strain, mind you, it developed from there, so it's not really. If there was a Brazilian strain, there's the UK strain, which is also the same Indian strain, um, South, Southern African strain, I don't think that's offensive to say that. I think talking about the original um, location of something isn't offensive. But I actually also think that the first variant of it, Omicron came out from Europe. 
I can't remember where which country from though. Probably Austria because Austria is having a terrible time of things. Yeah, yeah who knows? Um, do we have any final bits of news before we move on, Bianca? I was going to mention that I watched Tick Tick Boom and it was really good and I really enjoyed it, but that was about it. I don't know what that is. It's a it's a it's a musical. It is a musical fictional biography, but they put it over the actual biography of this guy. So they merged the real biography with his fictionalized version of himself, which I kind of appreciated. No, hang on. Wait, no, hang on. It's the fictional biography of a biography musical. So there is a guy named Jonathan Larson who is a... Is he the boom or the tick? He is the writer no, of... The tick is that other show on Amazon. <laughs> okay, thank you. He is the writer of the musical. What musical? Tick, Tick, Boom. And What's Tick Tick Boom is about the f- is about a musical is a musical about a writer who hears the ticking of time in his head tick 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 and he feels like he's running out of time to write the Boom. greatest musical um, and then he writes So the musical is a mu- the musical is a musical about someone writing a musical Yes but it is also it just- happens that the guy who wrote this musical passed away early and he happened to pass away, which is really, really fucking sad. He all of his life, he really wanted to, like, create a really great musical that everyone loved. And he finally did called Rent. It's a very, very popular musical in the musical theater world. But is, but is Rent the, the work of the guy inside the thing of the thing? So, no, okay. is, so is, is the play... Is the play... That is about someone writing a play. Is Rent the play that he's writing about in the play? No, it's actually another play called Superbia. What the hell's Rent then? Rent is... Okay. There is a man named Jonathan Larson. Okay. Who wrote three plays. Okay. He wrote Superbia. He wrote um, Tick, Tick, Boom. And he wrote Rent. Okay. Okay. This movie tells the story of him writing Superbia. Right, but this which is the called, first one he wrote. But this movie is called Tick Tick Boom because after he finished writing Superbia and it failed, he wrote Tick Tick Boom about writing Superbia. But he wrote it about a fictional play. He didn't write it about a real play. But it was really about. It him was writing. really about him. It was like an autobiography. Yeah. But he wrote it about a fictional version of himself and a fictional version of his friends. Okay. But Lin Manuel Miranda, who directed this told the story, the original real story, while also adding all the songs from Tick, Tick, Boom, the musical, and showing what the, showing the production of Tick, Tick, Boom. So it's a story within a story. And then you find out right at the end that, because there's a line in it that explains, after he writes Superbia, he asks his... After he fails to get Superbia produ- mm. produced... His agent tells him, he goes, what do I do now? And his agent tells him, you write the next play. And when you finish writing that, you write the next one, which is exactly what he did. He wrote the next one, which was Tick, Tick, Boom. And when he finished writing that, he wrote Rent. He finished writing Rent because he'd already written half of it. But he finished writing Rent. And the night that Rent was supposed to premiere, and he was actually, he won. He swept the Emmys. Like, not the Emmys, the Tonys. Mm. He, I, I ended up watching the Tonys after I watched it. Um, he won best script, best, best score, best 
uh, playwright, all of these things. Mm. And he won all of them, but he happened to also die the night of the first premiere. The, the, right before he could watch the premiere, he died and then they all went on show, on stage and played in memory to him. And it became one of the greatest musicals ever and he never got to see it. And it's just like this really heartbreaking thing that he wrote this other play, Tick, Tick, Boom, about how all he wanted to do was have one successful play. And he got that and he died. Well, sometimes success comes after you're not around. It's just um, the weirdest thing ever because if you listen to all the songs, you can just tell that he's... Like, he's aware that he's going to die. And then he does before anything becomes successful. It's just, like, really fucking trippy. But I really enjoyed it. And I really liked the way they've told the story. Very nice. Um, brilliant. Well, speak- Andrew Garfield did great. That's all I wanted to say. That was why I wrote it. Excellent. Speaking of um, things that are great, we'll be back after this commercial break with um, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Do, 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 do. As borders begin to reopen, we invite you to come and holiday into the past. Take a trip down history lane and soak up the sun, snow and surf. Come and visit Old Zealand, or as we like to call it, Oz. Take the yellow brick road down to the airport now and hop a flight to our Emerald City. Oz, open to vaxes now. We're back. Over to Drew. Thank you, Sarah Moon. And we are back for another week of The Hunger Games. This. Thank you, Bianca. This week, we've got The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Katniss Everdeen is in District 13 after she shatters the games forever. Under the leadership of President Coyne and the advice of her trusted friends, Katniss spreads her wings as she fights to save Peter and a nation moved by her courage. Mm-hmm. Were we all really distracted this movie by Italian Ball? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> look, look, I... This movie is very different mood to the other ones and it shifts away from being... Whereas the first one is all about the games, the second one is all about the strategy uh, yeah the plotting and then the heartbreak and then the the games yeah and and but the games is really just the end bit it's not really that critical to the story so much i mean it is but it's not um as it turns out um the this one's all about kind of the bureaucracy i guess it's all about the the, the gamesmanship of of war i think it's about the propaganda yeah, it is the propaganda. Absolutely, it is. It and it's how to how to how to um, manipulate things and work things in your favor. But it, it is so much more about that. The problem with it is that there's a lot of. I say problem. It's not a problem. It is a very enjoyable movie. But because there's more, it's so much more about the talking, and the conversation. When you miss a conversation, you're out of that conversation. You're not going to catch up to it. You're not going to know what's going on kind of thing. We got the gist of the movie and knew exactly what was going on at all stages. We didn't not know what was going on, really. But, yeah. Again, I've seen it enough times that it doesn't... I can miss conversations and I'm like, yeah, mm. I know it happened. I get it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this movie 
out of all four of them is probably the slowest. I agree. Because of that. Yeah, but I it, feel it's, like it's, it's necessary. Well, it's it's like part one of um, um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. It, they they've got to build up this. They've got to set the story up, set the scene for what happens next to happen. Without setting the scene, it's kind of like well, but it's slow. But it's not. I mean, some significant things happen. They blow the power station for um, in District Five. Um, they get bombed um, in District uh, District Thirteen. We mm. see District Eleven. Um, fighting back um we see district eight have get get attacked and bombed as well from that hospital was that district eight yeah that was district eight district five takes down the flood yeah the the power station station. um we see district 12 completely destroyed we Um, see a lot more of pan m and this is the most we've seen of pan m out of all the movies because even though we've seen we saw them on the tour we only saw the same sort of town square and that's it yeah this time we've seen into their worlds and, and what's going on and, and the horror of it all. We, we've we talked about in the previous episodes about the fact that in the first one, you see all this additional information that you don't read in the book because, again, the books are just from Katniss's point of view. Yep. Then in the second one, we don't see that additional information because all we see is from Snow and Katniss's point of view of they have no idea what's being plotted behind all the behind the scenes. Yeah. So we're just as shocked as both of them are when they get yeah. out of there and you find out there was a bigger plan all along. Yeah. Then in this one, you see from Katniss's point of view, but you see what she inspires. And you can see the direct correlation of her being this propaganda piece which she is and she's Mm. agreed to do because it's the only thing she can control to get peter out yeah of the capital yeah yeah um but you see that everything she does and everything she says it's always had a consequence Mm. everything that she's acted like done throughout Mm. this series but it's just such a bigger consequence now so like Mm. The consequence of her volunteering was her going to the games. Mm-hmm. The consequence of her befriending um, Rue was Rue died. Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah. her killing that guy, she still killed him, but he was only shot through the spear to hit her. She yeah. moved, Rue died. These consequences now are people are getting up to fight because of her. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. I also think it's interesting that I only realized tonight while we're watching this no one in the capital and in district 13 are ever affected by anything in this movie yeah you're right they 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 they're kind of the they're, they're the russia versus the united states kind of thing it's the it's the and Cold everyone War. else is the soldiers oh sorry the soviet versus um us yeah it, it's yeah. kind of like well actually no it's not it is kind of, but it's also not. It is literally the superpower. It's the governments of each country. Um, the capital being one government, for example, and District Thirteen being another government, sending the troops off to fight the war. The soldiers um, versus the other districts. Uh, yeah. So the thirteen so, aren't sending anyone. Thirteen. Thirteen haven't coordinated anyone, but they're putting out the message to fight. But it's, they're staying in their bunker. It's like a chess yeah. match. Despite them having all the weapons, they don't actually go out 
You never see them like in in the scene where they take down the um, The fighter jets. They still don't do that. If I look at the fighter jet scene, it's Katniss. Katniss um, Katniss defies them and and shoots it down. They want to just hide. And Beatty makes her weapons for her. Mm. So Beatty knows she wants to fight. She he gives her the weapons because he's from District Three or Mm. Four. I can't remember which one. He's from one of the other districts, Mm. and he wants to fight. Um, she wants to fight because she sees the injustice, but they're just there to rally troops. Yeah, hmm. they're they're the propaganda machine, but they they they're the ones that can sit back and say, "Well, we got weapons of mass destruction." Um, but they never use them. No, but they can say we have it, so be on our side. And it's like, okay, I'll be on your side. Yeah, I, I find I found that interesting. This is them. It's Coin and Snow moving a lot of parts, but neither of them lose anything no they're not they're not they're not even dipping their toe in the water they're getting someone else to jump into the yeah. pool for them and tell them what it's like um yeah but 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 that's the reality of war as well i mean it's like governments um do nothing politicians do nothing but they send the children the, the young people out to die yeah. and fight their wars wars started by old men um young people are the victim kind of thing so it's that sort of thing and we see that we, we see that throughout this movie i i um I do find it interesting that Snow in this movie, it, much like the other one where there are moments or things that confused me, as much as I love him, I because I, um, I truly do love him, I did get confused by certain things. I know that it was Snow's plan to, to let the District 13 take Peter and the other captives back, but at the same time, is that... A, that's not a... Like, it just, the plans just don't feel very... Well thought through. The that plan like was idea. that Peter was going to kill Katniss. Or at the very least, discourage her from... Mm. Like, maim her enough to not get her to talk. And it actually does kind of work. Because if you remember... In next week, when we watch the final film, mm. we'll see that the, it's actually been a few weeks since Katniss has been... Mm. But it doesn't in any way. But it doesn't in any way stop anything. It failed completely. Failed. How yeah. could Snow be that shitted his job, or have orchestrated a plan so terrible that really hinged on so much going very conveniently right? Well, actually, we kind of find out why in this movie. If you noticed, he kills. He starts killing off his own people in this movie mm. because they failed him so terribly. So he doesn't actually have many people left around him because he doesn't trust them anymore. He's actually a very terrifying figure in this one. That that video call at the end there, that's the first time you, you feel a bit of fear when you see that glimmer in his eye. That's also yeah. the first time he's let his nuttier personality... Because mm. you forget, like, that's actually showing across all the airwaves. Yeah. So all of his own people can see what he's saying. Mm. And that's the first time he lets his crazier side out. Because if you watch all of his yeah. other public appearances, they're very... Um, He's well-dressed and everything, but he was mm. kind of more like at-home kind of attire. Well, I don't understand what the point of him letting them know that we know that there's people there just to let them go. It's like, well... Like, again, this smart plan of Peter's going to be a double agent here without even realising it, I guess... Um, that doesn't work 
so much because if they had suspected that it was a trap by the fact that they got out absolutely scot-free because they knew they were there and that doesn't really make sense i actually think snow is losing it at this point so you think that's why he kind of just to try and bring a little bit of fear to them i'll tell them that we know what's going on i'll still let them go but i'll tell them that we know exactly what's happening pretty much you think okay okay i think i think i think this is a point in the in the show in the series that mm. snow no longer it, it's no longer about snow winning everything yep. he's sort of fucked up yep and he's letting this one girl get to him yep and the reason why it pisses him off so much more is because she doesn't want it. And it's like... You, you, I need you to want this so I can stop you from having it. But she doesn't care about it. And so it's like, I like, want but, it so I can stop you. But at the end of the day, his entire... Because, mm. again, if you... Uh, like, uh, this, is, this wasn't even in context in, these book, in this series because the prequel was written after this based on this. But if you read the prequel and then you watch this and you can kind of figure out how the author wrote the story from it. Yeah. He created this entire system. He rigged yes. it so he would always win because he he hadn't won so much. Like he mm. you, you find out what it was like for him during the war mm. and it was absolutely shit and he never wanted to see those days again. So he rigged this entire system so he would never have to be in that position mm. again. Um, they talk about how like there was cannibals during the war. Like some of the people he watched people eat other people because there was no food left. Mm. He didn't do that, but he's like, I don't ever fucking want to get there again. So this thing that he thought was flawless, because he is a perfectionist, is now, is now being shit. pulled down because of one little girl. Mm. She's not an adult. She's still supposed to be like 15, 16, 17 mm. in these books. Yeah. And she took it all down in one go. Yeah. And even more salt in the wound. The reason why he built this system and the way he got inspired mm. by it was from another girl in District 12 who Definitely. broke his heart and ran away and possibly died. We don't know. But, like, you know, it, it's a slap in the face to him. So I don't think he completely is thinking this through at this point. I think a lot of this at this point is, fuck you, Katniss. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not... None of it, ma nothing else matters. I'm just going to spite you and bring you down. Kind of. And additionally, he knows that all of these people are rallying around this one girl. They're not rallying around District 13. No one believed in District 13 up until this yeah. point. That's what Coin is using to her advantage. Hmm. No one cares about District 13. They all care about Katniss because she's become mm. this thing. So as long as he can prove that she's a, t a sad little girl who yeah. doesn't know what she's doing, if he can prove that and he can actually dishearten her, in his head he wins. It mm. doesn't matter. Mm. What do you think about the movie, Drew? I really like this film a lot. Um this one and the previous one are my two favorites in the series. Mm -hmm. I find, yeah, I, I see the parallel to how Harry Potter, we had six years of school and then all of a sudden they're out in the world. Yeah. And I thought that 
in the terms of this series, I, I feel like it was more impactful and it had more um, more necessity to the overarching plot that they get out of the games themselves because really the, the first two are just the stomping grounds before they hit the real world struggle. They, this That was their training ground and mm. now they're there, they're in it. And true to the form of everything before it, it is very, um, it is a very brisk pace that it moves at. So naturally, we're feeling very swept up the same way they are. That all of a sudden it's over. They're in the war. It's happening, and it's charging ahead, whether they like it or not. And they've got to figure out what their place in it is. On to, on top of that, I just find it visually. I've, I find this one really interesting to look at because it feels very grey and very dark. Except but, for I think there's like one scene where there's lots of or two scenes where there's just a lot of green, and that's when they're outside in District Thirteen. And it feels like that scene is there very pointedly to show you that this world is is all but gone. For the immediate future, but right. also those are the two scenes where Katniss is actually at most comfort, because yep. she's outside of all that grey. Mm. She's in this area that's familiar to her. Yep, and you see her relax in both of those scenes to the point where I, I like. I really like the scene where she gets excited to go hunting again because she misses hunting, mm. and then she sees the deer. And yeah, she need to hunt and she it. doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't hunt it because she's she doesn't want to kill anymore. Like she's at, she's done. Yeah, yeah. She's had and enough. that's a very powerful and interesting thing for her character because before the Hunger Games, she was probably one of the few characters who was comfortable with killing. Mm. And that's the thing I find this whole film really powerful well, well i really liked the fact that you you know that that one scene just as peter's about to um appear on screen with caesar and they're about to show the thing they're in the the food hall the canteen yep. katniss yep um and they're they're just sitting there and chatting and stuff and then you hear the music that the capital music the the, the um the mm. anthem is it the anthem yeah it is yeah. the, the anthem. anthem you hear that come on and that just you see her face just drop and that fear and she doesn't want to look up at the screen but she hears it no doubt, because it's bringing back memories of, uh, well, PTSD, really. Do you know one thing that I, I've always... what re, Again, re-watching this now is interesting and me constantly thinking about the, all the propaganda. And I love, I love how much this movie and the books mm. even just show how propaganda works. Well, the, you know, the they fact even that, call them propos. Like, yeah, well, the f- the fact that that they're you know they're, she's seeing like flames and fire and destruction. And they're like, Katniss, turn around, come on, eyes on the camera, and uh, go. Tell me what look you think. Look right here. Look yeah, right look here. right here. Tell me what you think. Tell the people what you think. Yeah, it, it, and then also seeing them them in the um in the booth or the studio, and they're trying to make Katniss say and feel the right sorts of things and stuff. And mm. she's not she's not used to doing this sort of thing, so they're just getting frustrated and everything. And it's like. And We're watching like a behind the scenes of propaganda being made rather than seeing a movie here. I also love the fact that this original concept, the Hunger Games original concept, came out from the idea of a really fucked up version of Big Brother. Like that kind of yeah. kind of sh- like ridiculousness. And yeah. that was the original kind of run. What was her name? Susan Collins. Susan Collins like had with this like. Hmm. And then you just see how that evolves into reality mm. TV and how that can be used to sway people mm. 
to war. And it, it's, I find that really interesting. Well, it's even more relevant in now this day and age where social media is so much of people's decision making. And, and imagine, imagine uh, the Hunger Games developed with you know, social media introduced in, introduced into it, like, and that sort of thing. Like, Well, just, think about what we were just talking about before the break with Pete Evans. Yeah. And, you know, how social media and social influencing has been used to, mm. you know, either spread lies or get people to go get their shots or, you know, it, it, mm. even though I agree with the getting shots thing, you know, I get my va- got my vaccine and all that. You know, people were mm. tweeting about it and posting videos about, you know, get your jab or don't get your jab or whatever. Yeah. And that's become a device, divisive thing. And we've used propaganda to boost that. It's still propaganda, even if it's positive. 100%. It is. Absolutely. Um, and we can see this in this, how they use it for negative things and how they can twist things on both sides. So, you know, they use Peter. I mean, they torture him to do it, but they mm. use Peter to say everything's okay and Katniss is wrong and bad. And I also really like the symbolism, like not the symbolism, the duality between the fact that Snow is trying to convince everyone that Peter doesn't, that Katniss doesn't know what she's actually doing. She's just being yeah. used as a figurehead. At the same time, Katniss is telling everyone Peter's just saying those things to survive. Yeah. Yeah. They're both doing it just on different it Correct. different sides. It's interesting. Mm. And, but then it's also interesting how everyone responds to that differently. Like, and they're just kids. Yeah. They're two kids who are being used for thing because kids have been murdered for Correct. 75 years at this point. But again, people judge Peter because of one thing, but they'll listen to Katniss. For the exact same yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, Drew, do you have any, uh, any bits of info for us? I do. So... Um Obviously, the first one I would want to talk about is the fact that this film is dedicated to Philip Seymour Hoffman, who died a week before filming ended. The majority of his scenes for the final two movies had already been fil- filmed, so the role was completed with other characters taking on his lines and his scenes. Mm-hmm. Hamish and Effie, mostly. Yeah. Um now, this one I, I love, and I, I wasn't entirely aware of this until you told us the other week, Bianca, that Effie only appears briefly at the end of the novel, but the film expands her role greatly. In the Effie no- doesn't appear in the novel role. Apparently, she appears at the uh, very briefly at the end of Mockingjay. No, Effie's dead, presumed dead. Oh. Um... I don't think she appears. I'm ninety. I'm ninety five percent sure now. But anyway, yeah. well, but yeah, sorry. So in the novel, Katniss's stylists are present in District Thirteen, as well as a character named Fulvia, who is Plutarch's assistant. Effie replaces these characters in the film. Reportedly, after seeing Catching Fire, Suzanne Collins called director Francis Lawrence and said, "There's no way Effie Trinket." cannot be in the Mockingjay films. I I also think a part of it was, um, what's the actress's name? Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks wrote this whole thing about Effie Trinket and sent it mm. to Susan Collins and just said how much she loves the character. And Susan Cal- Collins just loved Effie more than that. There's a, there's even like an oh. Effie-esque character in the prequel. Oh, wow. Because I'm like, yeah, she's pretty cool. But uh, no, Effie wasn't in the books at all. Okay. In the last book. 
Well, the dog wandering around in District 12 is actually Donald Sutherland's dog. I like that. Biggles. Biggles. Imagine, I cannot <laughs> imagine Donald Sutherland being like, come here, Biggles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in order for Peter to look like he was tortured, many people thought that he actually went on an extreme diet, mm-hmm. but in reality, they used CGI to slim Josh Hutchison's face and make him look abused and beaten. So that was all CG there. This was um, after, again, back to Twilight, when they used the same kind of thing to make Bella Swan look super skinny. Oh, yeah. Um. But they did it better in this one, I have to say. Oh my uh, god, she was. She was when she was there. I had to Google it. Mm-hmm. She was when at the end when she helped with Pe- Snow's execution. I didn't know that. I don't remember it. Jennifer Lawrence cut her hair short the summer before filming began due to damage from constant dying for the previous films. As a result, she's wearing a wig for this movie. When you said dying, I was like, I don't understand. What the hell? What do you mean? Dying? She didn't die. She was dying her hair. Yes. It was so damaged that she wound up wearing a wig. In addition to that, Julianne Moore donned a grey wig as well as dark contact lenses for her role as Coin. I'm just reading some of these things myself. Also, another actress that was up for the role of Alma Coin was Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Um, both her and Julianne Moore have played Clarice Starling in the Hannibal Lecter films. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, I like this. Jennifer Lawrence doesn't like singing and hated filming the hanging tree scene. Um, that's cool. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, what else do I like here? Uh, any more of these? Natalie Dormer ad-libbed 20 to 30% of her scenes. That would make sense because I, like... Her character in the books was such a non-existence for me. Yeah. I completely forgot about her when it came to the movie. Well, she based that ad-libbed dialogue with with her crew on director Francis Lawrence and the way he would speak with the camera crew in between takes on the films. That also that. makes sense. Yeah. I like this, actually. A follow-up to the fact that Jennifer Lawrence didn't like um, singing the song. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Lawrence was not merely reluctant to sing in this movie. She was terrified to do so. The Hanging Tree song was the first scene shot for this movie and it took director Francis Lawrence and several other cast members to calm her down and convince her she could do it. Wow, first scene. She is. Imagine that. Well, it's a good thing she did because the song went on to go number one worldwide on the iTunes sales chart. (laughs) I do remember exiting the theatre and just like looking it up on Spotify and it was there and I was like, ooh, yay. Yep. Yeah, very cool. All right. I believe we should get to the scores. Now, Bianca, we know you're 10 and 10 again, I'm assuming. Or are you going to break tradition? See, one of my favorite scenes in this one is this, this, the roses on the ground scene. Yeah. And for that alone, I get to give 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. <laughs> 10, 10 and 10. 10 and 10. Okay. Philip? Um, I think this one being a slower movie, but very, very important. So, Technically, it gets a nine again, yep. as it always does. But I think personally, it gets an eight just because it's a little bit slower for me. It doesn't have the um, the groundbreaking feel of the first one. The first one being just so like, wow, what what's this movie we're watching and what's to come? The second one being like, wow, a sequel, it's building on that. And then this one being 
to me, Deathly Hallows Part 1-esque, where it's like, yeah, it's slower, but I see why it's slower, but it's still slower. So um, it gets it loses a point. That that breaks my tr- streak of 9 and 9s. Um, I'm eight and, 8 and 9 there, so 8 personally for me. Well, all right. Well, I've gone 9 and 9 again. I really... I put it on the same level as Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I, I think on a technical level, I think it matches, and personal enjoyment, 100% it does. I think that within the context of... I, I'm not saying it's a better film than Deathly Hallows Part 1, but I think within the context of its own franchise, I think it does a better job of being that movie than Deathly Hallows Part yeah, 1 did. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Because, uh, look, there's only four movies here. Um, yeah. Three books, four movies here that we're, we're um, dealing with. But um, it's it's yes, it's slower than the other three movies in this series. But as opposed to Deathly Hallows Part 1, which is a, a completely different or, or a complete change of pace compared to the other movies around it, can, all can, of them, this one is faster and still tells several different storylines and uh, something that we don't see in a movie is again the propaganda machine at at play here we don't see that and that's happening so yeah we're we're seeing a lot of different things at play here absolutely but it is still the slower one of them can i just make a point between part one of this versus part one of harry potter because we've mentioned the parts before yeah part one of harry potter had to play catch up because yes. there was so much missing from the previous films that they couldn't integrate all the storylines properly into it yeah. to make it make sense. No, mm-hmm. that's very true. The problem with this film that's the complete opposite of it is that this is one small book. Mockingjay isn't actually that big of a book. Mm. Mm. The amount of stuff that they had to add into this to mm. fill out a full movie, it makes sense. The way that they, the way that they filmed part, uh, the first and the second film, mm. Hunger Games and Catching Fire, with the fact that they've added so much other things, yep. because it wouldn't make sense if it was all from Katniss's point of view. Yep. It makes sense that they had to fill this in. That they had to put in what was Snow doing. Because, mm. you know, you see Snow talking to his generals and killing yeah. people off. You see the the, the districts uprising. Mm. Yeah. You actually don't see a lot of... Kat- Katniss doesn't do much in this yeah. film. So, this part one versus the part one from Harry Potter... This is fleshed out, the other one's not This, this one's fleshed out. The other one had to be rushed in. Yeah. They had to add so much to the Harry Potter series, the last few movies to make mm. sense because of all the characters that they erased yep. and all the story, all the plot lines that they yeah. didn't put in, in the beginning. Yep. See, th- this was another trivia thing that I didn't put in there, but m- much like last week, um, we talked a lot about last week, how they introduced so many new characters. So successfully, this film introduced 10 new main characters or main supporting characters into it. And That's once again, true. it did it with ease. You, you don't, I think a lot of the characters in even this one feel like they've been there all along. We yeah. just haven't seen them. Yeah, Seriously. exactly. You just kind of accept that they're there because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 No, these people have been here. They're, they're a continuous kind of relationships and, the- and stories going on. And we, it's us who have to catch up. And be like, yeah. sorry guys, sorry, we we sorry, we didn't we we didn't know of you then. And they're all a part of this invisible rebellion that we always yeah. 
we kind of felt from the beginning, like from that mm. very, from the beginning of Catching Fire where they're running through the, where they're on the train and they see the 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 Mockingjay symbol that someone's yeah. graffitied on. That's the first time that we understand that there is a rebellion. Mm. Yeah. But that's also the first time that we know they've picked Katniss for their propaganda yeah. thing. Yeah. For that she's their idol. And so now they've got her and this is what we're yeah, this is what we're getting from that. Yeah, look, um great movie, absolutely. Um part one, um and the second last of the series. Uh, obviously next week is the final of the Hunger Games series and we then decide what goes next. Is it Christmas movies or do we get into something else beyond that? Like Twilight. That's a punishment. I haven't said the thing, so we'll see. I haven't said what? One of the words we're not allowed to. Um, yeah, which one? We'll oh be my god. I have the perfect idea, Drew. Yes. No matter who says it next, it's a punishment. No, 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 absolutely not. That is not the case. It is a punishment for me. Just like we know what Bianca's next punishment will be, and we have to work out what. What's my next punishment? Uh, What did you say? You have to say, I do declare or something like that at the end of every sentence. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I do declare. (laughs) I'm just not going to speak that episode. Well, let's see. Um, uh, yes, we'll be back after this. Um, what the quote with our sick Kent of the week? Let's go to that. And uh, this is that. Uh, 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 what the quote? Yes, it is time for what the quote. Thank you, Philip. That was um, absolutely true. This is now what the quote. So let's do it. Um, yeah, let's get into what the quote. Um, uh, Bianca, can you tell me what last week's quote was? It is better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. And of course, that is from Herman Melville, the author of Moby Dick. Indubitably. Now, um, let's see, Drew, can you give me the quote for the week that is? I can, and it's a slightly longer one. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. And if you know what that quote is from, please reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, etc. And uh, on the show. Alrighty, and we are back on Kent and the Steering Team. It is now time for... Our most famous segment. That's right. It's the most famous one to all none of our listeners. It is Sick Kent. Get this. Of the week. Woo. Yep. It is. Uh, We did have listeners. We were talking about uh, it. Excuse me. Not only do we have listeners, but if you go to our Instagram story, you'll see that we reshared that one of our listeners had us in their Spotify wrapped. As their top podcast. Are you talking about me? No. You're talking about you? No. I was going to say, because that was actually a funny thing. Sorry, this is distraction. Um, My Spotify rap had one of those truth. It was the two truths and a lie. Yep. And it was like, what was your most bingeable series? And the lie was Kent and the Steering Team. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was funny. I ain't listening to that. Um, It was Renegades. The the podcast was Renegades. Mine Mine would be Kate, Tim and Marty slash Joel. Um, but not this one. But no, you're right. I did see that, Drew. I did see that. Um, my my dear housemate. 
yeah. had us as their top podcast on Spotify. Oh, that's sad. They listen to you IRL and then they listen. No. I know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's Sorry, wrong with that. It's not sad. It's, that I that feel, was me I feel, more poking fun at Drew than poking fun yes. at you. Yes. Oh, well, special thank you to Dee. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, no, um, let's get to our sick end of the week, though. And in fact, it is um, well, my nominee. And you guys can agree. It's up to you. Is Sal... From the impression, we, we agree. There's no Good. question. We all agree. He is. I'm the, the one week. who got really excited because that's I true. That is. It yeah. was. Um, yes, Sal from Impractical Jokers, not for the Impractical Jokers. It was for his podcast, Hey Babe, um, in which there's a discussion about um, they're talking about Tupperware, and his um, his co-host pronounces it wrong, and and just in true Sal fashion, <laughs> just kind of stops him and goes. Wait, 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 what, wait, you wait, what do you say? What do you say? Say it again. Say it say again. again. And, and, and listens out Tub, to it. Tupperware? Um, he, he says Tupperware. Look, I think that... I don't know. I, or should I put it on? Put that clip into this? Yeah, Please, put the, yeah. Play yeah. The put the clip, the clip in. Yep. There you go. So, it's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I just so, love when he goes, wrong. Yeah, wrong. Wrong. Yeah, tub. <laughs> Tom. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> it's 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 peas, babe. You, peas. You're throwing bees at me. <laughs> I love it. Yes, no, that's fantastic. Um, it's so good. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So Tupperware. Yeah, it's just Sal's reaction. Saved on my bookmarks and TikTok. <laughs> it's just Sal's reaction to it. I absolutely love it. So, um, Sal, I think from all of us, you are our sick end of the week for this week. Thanks, dude. Um, But yes, that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with the final part of Hunger Games. Um, And uh, then we'll see what comes after that. And uh, yeah, some other discussion. Thank you very much, team, for being here. Thank you, Sarah, of course. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Thank you, team. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, Sorry, you always sound like a hostage in these situations. (laughs) In fact, Sarah. (laughs) And in fact... The, the big stick in fact <laughs> what's the what's, how do we end the show what's the word we say uh yep <laughs>